0: For decades, corporations and investors have been fighting a battle over data. Shareholders push for transparency, while companies do the bare minimum to comply. Just last month, Apple said it would no longer provide details on its iPhone sales. But investors are a resourceful bunch, and there's a booming world of alternative data that's helping to fill in the gaps. I'm Alex Yule. On this week's Readback, I'm joined by Barron's senior writer Avi Saltzman, who wrote Barron's latest cover story on alternative data. And he's got some great stories to tell. Avi, it's great to have you on. Thanks. Very excited to be here. We're just coming off Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We're all dying to know how these companies did, right? It seems like it's all we're talking about in the last few days. But we're not going to know anything official for a few months. You tell me that you actually have a sneak peek at what's going on.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to give you a newsflash. Amazon won Cyber Monday. Shocker. I know. That's a big one. (laughs) uh, But what is surprising? I got a bunch of alternative data readouts from companies that track this stuff. One company that was suddenly on the list uh, for Cyber Monday in the top 10 sellers was Costco, which shows up number nine on this list put together by this company, Hitwise. They uh, track about a little more than 8 million uh, consumers every year who agree to let them check out what they're looking at and what they're surfing for online.
0: And Costco's certainly not going to tell us that, at least not anytime soon, right?
1: Yeah, that's the kind of thing that we're not going to find out from them till you know, February, March, whenever they come out with their next earnings release. I think that's why people are so psyched about alternative data. It's potentially an edge in a market that can take forever to get real, solid information.
0: We're throwing around this term
1: alternative data a lot. Can you define that for us? Sure. It's just different from what we consider sort of conventional data. So the conventional data that we get on companies tends to be in their earnings releases. It tends to be in their annual reports, that kind of stuff. The The stuff they want us to know, by the way. Exactly, exactly. The alternative data tends to be from basically everything else, all the sort of what people call the ground truth data of life. That can be where your cell phone is at any given moment. That can be what you're searching for online. That can be what products hospitals are using these days. Uh, This is all information that a whole new industry is gathering One professor I talked to said that in the past year, we've created as much data as has been created in the entire history of human life. There's tons of information right now kind of floating in the air around us. Most of it we're never going to capture, but investors want to capture as much of it as they can that can be useful for their own investments. Tell us
0: how they, these firms think they know the data. I mean, how are they actually pulling this sort of inside early peek at this kind of retail data?
1: Well, do you have like a weather or navigational app on your phone? I mean, a, a few, yeah. So? So, so these companies are often ending up selling location information to companies that will aggregate all of the cell phone dots that they see. I went to a company called Thesos Group in New York. It was a bunch of uh, very smart PhDs taking all of this anonymized data, using it to get a sense of how many people were in a particular place at a given time. And they've actually had quite a bit of success in forecasting, you know, which malls are going to see a drop off in traffic. The malls obviously are not releasing this information in a real time way, but they're wherever. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're able to get it while investors are still in the dark about it.
0: Next time I open my weather app, I'm just going to see dollar signs.
1: Yeah, well, not for you, buddy. Uh, For somebody else. (laughs) That's how it always is.
0: What else did you find?
1: There are companies that will actually just scrape information off of public websites. This doesn't sound so unique when you first hear about it, but then when you realize what they can do with it, it's actually kind of fascinating. Say, for instance, you want to know how many restaurants offer Grubhub delivery. You know, which is a big question for investors who are investing in Grubhub. Well, there is a company that, that will go through all of the listings for restaurants and find how many offer Grubhub delivery, how many are using Uber Eats. And the market share there is a crucial question right now, and, and these companies are not necessarily giving that out on their earnings calls. So you know, there was a company called ThinkNum that looks at job sites. Uh, they found one day that Tesla job listings had declined and they told people, you know what, we don't know what's going on here, but this is kind of an interesting signal potentially.
0: You wouldn't expect job declines for this booming company making hundreds of thousands of additional
1: cars. Exactly. And it turned out the next day, Tesla went and announced a restructuring, which moved the market. You know, the funny thing was, though, that you know, an investor might say, uh-oh, a restructuring, I should short the stock. Well, it turned out the stock went up that day. So that's why some of this stuff is difficult to trade around. What were some of the most fascinating things you heard about? So people are looking for data everywhere. I mean, really everywhere. They already know where your cell phone is, let's say. They probably know what you're serving for online.
0: That's the easy stuff.
1: Right. But if you're trying to get an edge, you sometimes have to look and, you know, you have to really look deep into a hole somewhere. And so, so one of the uh, data providers I talked to had actually reached out to trash haulers he was looking to ask them how much waste they were hauling from production facilities, Uh, he he thought that maybe that would actually give him a sense of how much of a product was being produced at those facilities. He's literally going into the trash. And, and, And it could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, that piece of information. Right. If you find a real correlation and people can trade around it.
0: So as a journalist, and I imagine you might feel a similar way, but I feel like these guys are fighting a good fight and I guess making a lot of money in the process. But so many companies give investors so little information. First of all, you have to wait for earnings season to get them, right? So you're getting updates every three months. And for a lot of companies, especially the tech companies, which get a free pass in a lot of ways, they give us so little. Apple has just pulled back on what it's going to tell us about iPhones going forward. Amazon has never once even told us how many Kindles it sold, right? And yet these companies trade at these huge multiples largely based on those sales. So to me, there is kind of a helpful battle being fought here, right?
1: Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of these companies will give you that angle that they are actually helping the market with information that companies are, you know, either trying to hide or only giving partial information about. So. That's the sort of value add. Of course, not everyone can afford this kind of information. I think that some of these data sets cost a few thousand dollars, but they can certainly go up over 100,000 to multiple hundreds of thousands. Obviously, average Joe investor doesn't have a shot at that. In some ways, it's
0: depressing, right? Because it makes me think, should I be giving up as an investor? Can I compete against these hedge funds that have this professional, high-quality data?
1: yeah I think that uh, that is something to worry about, and I think that a lot of uh, even traditional portfolio managers who you know have money to use on research are a little nervous about now because the quant funds that they compete with in this marketplace for data are willing to spend a lot of money for this alpha they call it
0: everyone's looking for an edge that's always been a case of investing. You have a great phrase in your story that sort of would probably make a great band name, but idiosyncratic alpha, if I'm getting that right. Yeah, that's, Can,
1: that doesn't sound like a cool band. <laughs> I don't know. It's my kind of band. Can you tell us what that means? Sure. So idiosyncratic alpha, I think uh, what what uh, my source was, was talking about was that edge that not everyone else has. I think that's what everyone in the investment world is looking for. And it's very hard right now. People have fantastic uh, data engines. Uh, they've... They've all read you know, the same books. They, they sort of know where other investors are looking. If you have some very specific kind of information that no one else has, you potentially have a very serious edge. And these companies uh, are very secretive about what data they're using. I, taught, I would talk to them you know, for long interviews, and they would never tell me exactly what information they're using because they don't want the guy down the block uh, doing the same thing.
0: When I was reading your piece, I actually was thinking a lot about Moneyball, the famous book about baseball scouting by Michael Lewis, about how one general manager from the Oakland Athletics remade scouting in baseball by using data. And your story really reminded me of that. What's happened, though, is Billy Bean of the Oakland Athletics may have been the first guy to do this whole Moneyball approach with baseball, but now every front office in baseball has data people, sometimes big teams of data people. So... There's no edge left anymore. What happens in investing now as this alternative data just becomes more and more widespread? Presumably some of it becomes more commoditized. Is there going to be a day when everyone's using alternative data and it's just data?
1: Yeah, I think that is one worry, particularly of hedge funds that depend on this stuff. If everyone starts to use it, it becomes baked into everyone's assumptions. I think that only drives the pursuit of even wackier data, you know, people actually diving into dumpsters to look for information. The truth is, people will say we've only barely scratched the surface. For collecting information, there is, you know, an enormous amount still to collect and use to understand the world. Of course, You know, the question is, will the government allow all of this data to be collected? That becomes a privacy concern, obviously, in the long run. A lot of things we don't want to have collected by anyone, even if it's anonymized.
0: We've spent a lot of time thinking about Facebook and their Cambridge Analytica scandal and all their privacy concerns. That almost sounds innocent compared to where some of this could be heading.
1: I think it's both more innocent and less. I think that these hedge funds and the people who create this data will say, Look, we don't want to know who you are. Unlike an advertiser who wants to know as much as they can about you, these guys just want to know where you're shopping, you know, but they don't want to know who you are. They only want to know numbers for the most part. That's what they'll say. I think other people will say, Look, this is even more intrusive. At least on Facebook I chose to put that picture of my cat up there, you know. If I'm carrying my cell phone around and yes, I sort of innocently opted in to be Tracked because I thought this would get me, you know, some better navigation. And now, you know, it turns out somebody's using that. I think that would create some concern, but I think it's a different kind of data collection. The notion that most of it's anonymized could keep it from being regulated quite in the same way that Facebook might be. Now that you've published the story,
0: where do you really come down? Is this a um... Is this going to be a positive for investing? Is it a positive for the little guy, for the regular investor? Is it really just a win for hedge funds?
1: I, th- I think hedge funds are going to make the most of this. The average investor does not have easy access to the high-priced stuff, obviously. I think even the average portfolio manager is going to have some trouble keeping up. At the same time, you know, you have to think more information is generally better for the market it's better for for most investors more of this is going to be trickling into retail portfolios i think that retail investors are going to demand it of discount brokers they're going to demand it of some of the portfolio managers so it's it's going to have to be a bigger part of the average investment and and pension funds which you know and really do invest money for working people are starting to use this and once they start using it i think the average investor starts to get the benefit. Thanks so much for joining us. It was great to have you, Avi. Thanks so much. This has been fun.
0: You can read Avi Saltzman's full story on alternative data in this week's Barons, and, as always, on Barons.com. I'm Alex Ewell. The show is produced by Metalutsoff. The readback will return next Wednesday.